So good morning, listeners, and welcome to Come and See Inspirations. And this, it's the 12th of June. It's the Feast of the Holy Trinity. My name is Jan Keeley. Thank you for joining us today. Help me to present the programme today, Shane Ambrose. Good morning to you, Shane. Good morning, John. How are we keeping? Good. And a special guest we've got joining us this morning. Uh, we'll speaking to us a lot more in part two. Noreen Lynch from the FCJ Spirituality Centre there in beautiful Spanish Point in County Clare. Good morning to you. Good morning. Good to be here with you both. Thanks, Thanks. a lot indeed, Noreen, for joining us. And of course, we especially want to welcome those listeners who are housebound, those who are lonely and struggling in some way today, and of course, those listeners who support us each week in prayer. Thank you so much indeed, because without that prayer, we know we can't go anywhere, really. Our podcast does include uh, interviews on faith topics, uh, inspirational music and reflection on the Sunday Gospel. All of our podcasts can be heard at comeandseeinspirations.buzzspread.com. Just Google Come and See Inspirations, you'll find us there. Uh, historical programs going back uh, back to 2009, actually, um, can be heard in Sacred Space, 102.blogspot.com. An awful lot of good stuff there put up by Shane Ambrose as well. And, of course, we can also be heard on Spotify and iTunes and Facebook. Our Facebook page, Come and See Inspirations. You can also contact us, uh, and please do, by texting us on 087-6088-667. That's 087-6088-667. Or email Come and see inspirations at gmail.com. And of course, if you are overseas, outside of Ireland, and you still wish to contact us, um, 00353-8760886667. Now, with this part of our podcast, and a lot of people like listening to this, that's because Shane is so good at telling us all about Saints for the Week. Shane. Well, before we jump into the Saints for the Week, John, <clears throat> I suppose bits and pieces just to kind of throw them out to people there at the moment. Um, so they got a bit excited in Rome during the week because Pope Francis is going to visit the town of Aquilia, I think is how you pronounce it. And the interesting thing about the town of Aquilia is it is the final resting place of Celestine V. Now, we mentioned Celestine a couple of weeks ago. And Celestine was the only pope that had stepped down from the papacy before Benedict XVI. And... Um, Benedict XVI visited Aquilia just before he announced his resignation from the papacy. So they, the media went absolutely bananas because Pope Francis has announced he's also going to visit Aquilia. So they're all wondering, is he suddenly going to put a Benedict on it? Um, pure and complete speculation, of course, and nobody knows the answer to that except, of course, Francis himself. But, of course, it has been compromised. He, it is an interesting one for the moment, of course, because he is in a wheelchair. He's not doing a whole lot of public walking over long distances, and he has um, delegated the celebration of various masses to members of the College of Cardinals. Speaking of the College of Cardinals, the Pope is about to add to their number. Now, the College of Cardinals, he's, 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 making, 20 new one, he's making 21 new cardinals, of which 16 will be added to the number that can enter a papal conclave to elect his successor. So it's an interesting one. He's he's gone all over the shop to pull this out. Um, there's uh, one from the US. There's uh, one from Nigeria. There's one from um, Como in Italy. There's one from Milan instead of Milan. So that is so that uh, conclave has been called for August. Now it's interesting as well. He's also called all of the cardinals to Rome for that particular conclave, which is an interesting one because. One of the criticisms that's been made about Francis is the fact that while he's gone to the peripheries to appoint the 
the Cardinals to the to the College of Cardinals. Problem is they don't know each other. Um, and so when it comes to actually gathering together to elect his successor, there is a concern that, you know, maybe, for example, the Italians will be able to put forward a strong candidate. And because nobody knows different, that's the one that would be elected. So it's an interesting one. He's putting them all together in, 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 in August to meet up and to catch up. Um, it's also interesting to note, uh, going back to the conversation, John, we had a couple of weeks ago about our friends in the Russian Orthodox Church and the observations we made and which Pope Francis subsequently actually echoed where we, he referred to Arch, uh, Patriarch Kirill as uh, President Putin's ultra boy. Uh, one, of the, one of the interesting things which has recently happened in the Russian Orthodox Church is that Metropolitan Hilarion has, been, has lost his job. Now, Irish people will know this guy uh, because he has been to Ireland a number of times and he actually was at the Eucharistic uh, Congress in 2012 and gave a very well-received reflection on the Eucharist. Now, this guy would be well-known. You'd see him often on the television. He was the main spokesperson. He was kind of their minister for foreign affairs for the Russian Orthodox Church. Anyway, he's just been fired and he's been exiled to Hungary, um, presumably because he didn't exactly toe the party line and think that Putin was doing a wonderful job. So, um, yeah, so he's currently on his way to Budapest. Now, in terms of celestial guides and guides for the coming week, uh, today, of course, is Trinity Sunday. And for those of us praying the Psalter, we're on week three. We are back, of course, in ordinary time, and it's the 11th week in ordinary time. Under the 13th is the feast day of a very popular saint. It's Saint Anthony of Padua. If you were in Lisbon, they would call him Saint as Anthony of Lisbon. So this is the man that finds the lost things. So it would also be, you know, if you owe debts to St. Anthony, Monday would probably be a good day to settle your debts if you've made promises to things gone missing and then you'd make a donation. As of St. Anthony's feast day, pay up. <laughs> your debts are due. Uh, so St. Anthony, of course, he died in Padua in 1231. He was 36, he's quite young, originally from Portugal. So the, the Portuguese very, get very upset when he's called St. Anthony, Anthony of Padua. Um, he joined the Franciscans and was very much involved in preaching against heresy throughout France and Italy. And before you ask, John, no, I have no idea how St. Anthony became associated with finding lost things. Uh, I haven't been able to get an answer to that particular question. Tuesday on the 14th of June is the feast day of St. Davenus on the Irish calendar. So St. Davenus is... Um, <clears throat> a saint very much associated with uh, County Monaghan. Uh, she is seen as a virgin and founder of a church or monastery. And there, the thing that was associated with her, there was her staff. St. Davenet's staff was supposed to have been held in Monaghan for many years and was used to test truth. So it was your own form of a polygraph. Um, so that's St. Davenet, whose feast day we celebrate on the 14th of June. On the 15th of June, we celebrate a saint. Now, this one's a bit odd. It's St. Vogue of Ireland, I think is how you pronounce him. So basically, he was a monk in, in Armagh, and they were about to make him the Archbishop of Armagh, and he retreated to Cornwall because he didn't want to be made the Archbishop of Armagh. And he was known for his preaching and holiness in life, but he's a saint, a saint very much associated with Cornwall as well. 16th of June is the feast of St. Syracuse of Iconium. Uh, this one comes with a breakfast warning, John. Um so he's a he's a son of Saint Julita. Uh, he's a child saint, and they were uh, martyrs during the persecutions of Diocletian. And um, what's supposed to have happened was 
once his mother was sentenced to death, the child, the Syracuse, made um, an attack on the magistrate <laughs> to give out about the fact that his mother had been sentenced to death. And the magistrate kind of basically um, didn't react very well and ended up killing the child. So that's, uh, that's now, some scholars claim the story is fiction. I just thought it was a nice interesting one to share on this morning. Um, the, fifth, the 17th of June is the fifth of St. Blasto of Rome. I, we know very little about Blasto. I picked him because of the name. I think it's class. Imagine calling your son Blasto, John, you know. Uh, he died in, and he's buried in the Basilica of St. Uh, Prasides, which is in Rome. Now, for anyone that visits Rome, the Basilica of St. Prasides is actually an interesting one to visit. It's a small church just beside Mary Major, the Basilica of Mary Major, uh, which is just around the corner, of course, from the Termini train station. It's a very old basilica in Rome. It's quite dark inside this. So when you're going around to see the, the mosaics and things, you have to press the buttons to turn on the lights. Um, it has a lot of martyrs' relics and things like that in it. And it's an interesting early uh, example of, of a basilica in in. So that's, that's uh, but the St. Blasto is the same to some Finally, the 18th of June, we go uh, across the water to England and we celebrate the feast day of St. Edith of Aylesbury. Uh, she died around 650 AD. She was a, she's one of the royal Anglo-Saxon saints and she was a nun at Aylesbury. And so she was, she's a, um, as I said, she died in 650 AD. So that's what we have, John, in terms of our celestial guides for this week. <clears throat> Shane, thanks a lot for that. Um, you mentioned about a few people becoming cardinals, just about to become cardinals. You might remember uh, some time back, I mentioned to you about um, somebody who, who actually I went to school with uh, many, many years ago, and he became Archbishop uh, in the Congregation of Divine Worship and Discipline of Sacraments, Arthur Roach. So he's been made a cardinal. Now, Shane, I put out the spoke, I had I got a few contacts, but I don't think there's much of a chance of getting this guy. I tried him before anyway. You know, um, I think I think it's the 27th of August is the is the date when they uh, officially become uh, cardinals. So let's see. I don't yeah. think I'm going to get out there, Shane, but I'll, I'll, I'll give it a go anyway. <laughs> we'll see what, <laughs> we'll see what now, happens. The interesting, thing, the interesting thing is just to note that if anything was to happen to Pope Francis before the conclaves is held, uh, they don't become cardinals. Okay. So we... Uh, your, your, your don't, buddy... spoil, don't spoil it for me now. Don't, don't <laughs> spoil it for me now. I'm, I'm looking for a trip out there. I'll see if I can get it out there. Right. Thanks for that, Shane. Okay. Um, okay, at this point now in our podcast, I might just mention a few notices that come to attention. Do you remember, um, Shane, a few weeks ago we had Father Adrian Graffion from What goodnews.org. So he's just let me know that they have something coming up. Uh, actually, this Saturday, it's a live stream event. It's entitled, Your Sins Are Forgiven, Exploring the Sacrament of Pardon and Peace. What, what name can actually describe the sacrament is one of the points they're going to speak about, how this sacramental encounter with the forgiving Christ um, of the Gospels evolve in the church life, how the stumbling blocks, the, uh, how can stumbling blocks to the use of the sacrament be overcome. Anyway, that's that's next Saturday, the 18th, from 11 o'clock to 1 o'clock. It's a free live event uh, on Zoom. So if you were to go on to what whatgoodnews.org 
and you get all the information there. So that's next Saturday. Um, it's the, the event is entitled "Your Sins Are Forgiven: Exploring the Sacrament of Pardon and Peace." So continuing on, um, as I mentioned last week, uh, the novena, the big novena in Limit, the one people are always talking about and enjoy so much. The the novena to Our Lady of Perpetual Help in St. Alphonsus in Limerick is back again and it's live as they say six sessions each day starting uh, Friday the 17th is it Friday the 17th Shane? it is uh, Friday the 17th 7.30am, 10am, 11.30am and that's 6pm 7.30pm and 9pm six sessions, 7.30am 10am, 11.30am 6pm, 7.30pm and 9pm of course for those people overseas if you wish just click into novena.ie and you'll be able to join, join the sessions there. There's confessions every day, uh, except for Sunday. There's a Brazilian celebration on Saturday, on Sunday the 19th at 4pm. And on Saturday, Ukrainian celebration at 4pm um, on both Saturdays. That's the 18th and the 25th. So that's the Novena to Our Lady of Perpetual Help, 17th to the 25th of June. Also, we mentioned last week an evening of inspiring music, uh, Irish and choral classics. Following the cellar performance in December 2019, uh, the Nock Shrine are delighted to announce the return of the Palestinian Choir for music for a midsummer's evening on Saturday 11th of June, that's next Saturday, at 7pm. Doors open at 6pm. Admission is free. But please note, while this event is free, it'll be first come, first served. So patrons are advised to arrive early. So that's 7pm, Knock uh, Basilica. Uh, next Saturday at 7pm, uh, Midsummer's Music at the uh, an evening of inspiring Irish and uh, choral classics. Um, one more that's uh, on my list here is the Tarsus Scripture School. So the Tarsus Scripture School... Um, it's actually there's, there's three people involved with the presentation uh, or with the organisation on, on this particular school. It's Jesse Rogers, who we all know, Father Sean Gowan, and Father Kieran O'Mahony. So they are organising 15 online presentations. Um, that's it actually started last uh, Tuesday for 7.30. And there'll be also another session on the 28th of June at 7.30. But there's 15 online sessions which will be available online for actually for a year. And the whole idea is walking the synodal pathway together. So if you're interested in that, if you go on to the Tarsus School, uh, tarsusscriptureschool.ie, and all the information is there. That's walking the synodal pathway together. Uh, with Father uh, Father Sean Conn, Father Kieran O'Mahony, and Jesse Rogers. I think that's all the information we've got so far to pass on to uh, Mr. Shane. So at this point, we might go for a prayer space, a little prayer that we might take together before we go for our first bit of music. God of my life, I welcome this new day. It's your gift to me, a new creation, a promise of resurrection. I thank you for the grace of being alive this morning. I thank you for the sleep that has refreshed me. I thank you for this chance to make a new beginning. This day, Lord, is full of promise and opportunity. Let me waste none of it. This day is full of mystery and the unknown. Help me to face it without fear or anxiety. This day is blessed with beauty and adventure. Make me fully alive to it all. During this day, keep me thoughtful, prayerful and kind. May I be courteous and helpful to others. 
that turned into myself. Keep me from any word that would hurt or belittle or destroy. May the thoughts of my mind be pleasing in your sight. And when night comes again, may I look back on this day with no grievance or bitterness in my heart. And may nobody be unhappy because of anything I have done or anything I failed to do. Lord, bless this day for me and for everyone. Make it a day in which we grow to have the mind of Christ, your Son. Lord Jesus Christ, friend and brother, may we know you more dearly, love you more clearly, and follow you more dearly, more nearly, day by day. Amen. So with that prayer, we might go for our first bit of music. And Noreen, have you got a piece of music you want to... Yeah, yes, John. I brought a piece from uh, John Michael Talbot, uh, a Holy, come Holy Spirit prayer, which I think it, people will recognise the lyrics to, but it's beautifully sung, and I think it's a nice introduction between Pentecost and Trinity Sunday. So I invite you to enjoy it. Noreen, and please join us again in part two, where Noreen will join us and tell us a bit more about her work in the FCJ Spirituality House. Holy Spirit, Lord of Life. Celestial height Thy pure beaming Radiance give Come thou Father of the poor Come with treasure Stubborn heart and will 
steps when we go to come and see inspirations and the second part of our podcast our weekly podcast uh here on come and see inspirations my name is shane ambrose delighted to have you with us on what is trinity sunday the 12th of june 2022 uh so for part two of the program we are delighted to welcome in to catch up and touch base as we head into the summer with our good friend noreen lynch good afternoon noreen how's things good afternoon shane it's lovely to be here with you both so uh, Noreen is, is joining us. So we're going just to catch up with her. Um, so um, just to talk about kind of thoughts and reflections on approaching our summer as things go. But Noreen, before we get into that, I suppose let's do the business side of things first. So, you know, your 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 official capacity, you are the, the, the director of the FCJ House of Spirituality in Spanish Point. So... Chac Spirit Alta. And uh, I suppose one of the things is it's a new venture by the FCJ sisters and yourself. Um, And as we come down into the summer, I think you guys, you guys are, you guys are kind of um, July and August. There isn't, there isn't anything on as such. Well, I suppose the FCJ uh, sisters have this house in Spanish Point is their summer house. So what it is, is that it's actually in full capacity July and August, but it's full with the FCJ sisters. So it's booked out essentially. Um, so they will come in from far and wide and will have both holidays and retreats in the house overlooking the sea. And then their gift and their, their desire is that from September to June, then the, for the rest of the year, the house would be used and available as a spirituality house on Chocsburg's Alta um, by the sea. And so it's been a really interesting year. It's been uh, quite a year to start anything new. Um, I suppose we started in September and uh, really we were... We had a little a little break, kind of November time, maybe, but really it was February before we were out of lockdown or COVID restrictions of any kind. So there was that kind of a sense that the first few months really gave an opportunity for going slow. 
and for Camley kind of getting to know the locals, making connections, setting up, you know, different bits and pieces. But it's a real gift of a place. And one of the things I learned very fast, I suppose, is that uh, to live, I, I wasn't living, but I was staying quite a bit in the house by the sea. You really learn to slow down, um, which isn't my nature. My nature is to be coming up with ideas and plans and going. And and yet the seasons insisted on, on being exactly that season, exactly that time. Uh, and really calmed you down. And, and when I arrived first, it was funny. I thought a really nice um, image for me that, that summed up the year was when I arrived first, I was organising things like uh, logos and websites and all those emails and things that you have to set up a phone number. And I had somebody set up a, a logo and we took a look at a logo which was based on an image of the house so people would recognise the place. And when I brought it to the sisters, they said to me, oh, no, that's not what we want at all, because this place isn't about the building. It's about the view. It's about you standing looking out at creation and what that does for you. Um, and initially I was kind of going, yeah, but we have to recognise the building and my business head almost was on. But as I slowed and as we dropped down into the year, I could see really clearly that's exactly correct. They, well, of course, they knew from generations of being on that site. The what was special was not this building offering something, which is great in itself. What was special was to stand at the edge of the ocean and to discover creation as a gift of God uh, for anyone who wants it. And to discover that when we can slow down and be present, that here we are in the presence of God and all things are fine. All things can heal. As as Carl Barry said at our retreat only a couple of weekends ago, we had a weekend retreat. She said, will you let God love you? The um, Edwina Gately poem. Uh, let God love you. Will you just allow God to look at you? Will you just sit in the calm and be with God and let God be with you? Um, so for me, it's been a very interesting year of actually that drop down, that drop down. And in that then forming a structure and a kind of a calm pathway forward in that so that it's not so much about just sitting around, because that wouldn't do anything. Um, it, it's structured, but that structure is coming from, uh, that, that, you know, developing programs is coming from a place of depth rather than uh, busyness. Um, so one of the gifts of COVID for all of us was that we were forced to slow down and be with ourselves. And it was a gift that had some darkness in it that was challenging, because particularly when we tried to begin again for many of us, it's not easy. And so one of the things I've been saying more and more to friends this year is that taking time, and doesn't have to be coming to the FCJ Spirituality House, it could be anything that you're doing. It could be getting a, an afternoon at the sea. It could be insisting on your walk every day. We know those things were good for us when we hadn't a lot of choice, but we have to kind of keep those things in front of us now because they help us to remember who we are. And in remembering who we are, we recognise who God is and that God is with us in us. So that, that, that sense of slowing down and really just standing I mean, it's it's a spectacular space in terms of, you know, wherever you sit or stand, the weather will change in every 10 minutes, first of all, no matter what coach you have on you. <laughs> um, but also the the sheer realisation of your own smallness, but also your own integral part of creation. Um, I think as I grew up, I very much, like most of us, understood creation as something that was useful to me and that nature was beautiful because it helped me to recognise God. Whereas more and more as I age, I begin to think, sure, creation, I'm, I'm actually recognising myself as part of the, the gift of God to the world. I'm actually realising that everything about my life and about each person's life is absolutely dignified and important and beautiful 
because it's all that breath of the divine. So I stand in front of the wholeness of creation, not simply to see how useful it is to me, but to really have that sense of being part of something amazing that God has created. And I know that I was reading some of Pope Francis' letter the other day from uh, 2020, one of his catechesis on healing the earth. And uh, it was just really beautiful to that, that sense he just said, like, as long as we can really love and appreciate creation, we're capable of loving and appreciating human beings and each other. Uh, but that need to almost step back and to, to, and he said that the cure for a lot of our, our pain is contemplation. The, the cure for our misuse of the earth is contemplation was the quote, actually. And that the, the ability to slow and be still and recognise what matters allows an awful lot to heal. And I suppose if I'm not uh, over tipping the point, I just, just that sense that a space like the FCJ Spirituality House doesn't need to be terribly busy in terms of putting on loads and loads of things, but rather it needs to hold that space as a place where everybody is welcome and where people have time to be with God and to recognise God with them. And and that for me, really looking back over the year, I, I found that, that the image of almost going from the logo from we'll have a picture of the house to we'll have a picture of, of God's creation. And then myself recognising as I slow down and am present, I'm available to God and God can do good things through me. Um, but I really think that's a gift for a lot of us. And I just really encourage people, even if you're not able to to get out and about, you might find yourself at this stage that you're, you're not as strong as you are and you mightn't have loads of energy to be going for a walk. But you can actually sit by the window and watch the birds in the garden for five minutes and just say, Lord, just remind me that you love me. Um, you can watch things that are growing. And it mightn't even be, you might have a lot of concrete, but there's, there's, there's life around you somewhere. And even if at the very, very basic, if you find yourself in a situation where you don't have a plant growing or a weed coming up through the, the, the yard outside that you're looking out at and seeing it grow, you might be able to sit with your own breath and say that the same oxygen that every plant in the universe has given off is coming into my lungs. And that as I breathe out carbon dioxide, somewhere in the world there is a tree or a plant that will benefit from what I'm letting out into the world. That we're part of this cycle and that God is, is taking care of all of us and is carrying all of us in this cycle of life. With that now, and thanks a lot for that now, can you just give us a flavour of some of this bits and pieces that you presented to us doing the Exactly. So that, that grounds it quite well then when you, so, so it's lovely to have that big vision. Um, and then you say, well, what, what did you do? <laughs> so let's come back to what we did. Uh, so I suppose I would say that one of the things I told people was that from, I started in September and from September when the FCJ Spirituality House opened until about February, we essentially changed our plans every month. We planned month by month because there was a different lockdown. There was a different number of people allowed to gather. So we started with a number of different gentle things. We had uh, some, uh, we had morning meditation from the start, two mornings a week. We've carried that Tuesday and Thursday morning. We've carried that since September. We had, um, in November, we had, we managed to have a weekend, uh, our first, or a Saturday, I should say, on resilience through story and learning how sharing stories would help us with what we were doing. We started some song circles. So a lot of things that were about helping people to come out and to be together, to share their stories and then things like Fanula Quinn, a Dominican sister, led us in uh, contemplation, uh, contemplative prayer. Um, we had meditation, Lexia Divina, things like that for Advent um, and, and different bits. Of these. And suddenly we found as we came into February, uh, the very end of January, actually, we had planned a couple of things for St. Bridget's and had thought we don't really know if we should plan them or not or if it's possible. But thanks be to God, we were able to gather. 
So we made Bridget's crosses together, and then uh, with that was with Ruth and Deirdre. Nicolette was with us, and we made uh, with Deirdre. We had a lovely Saturday and a Sunday uh, celebrating Saint Bridget and music and song and dance and and poetry um, and beautiful imagery, and just very gentle. And, and there was a real sense, I suppose, of people finding their way back out to sit together. You know, like even we're well spread out and all the windows and doors open, mass and all them things. And yet to be together was a new lesson because people realised it was tiring, you know, or, or that their concentration was different. And to have patience with yourself around that was challenging. And then, so we did, again, continued in this, from February on in some simple things like movie nights, which sounds very simple, but to have 15, 16 people in a room, which is thought we would have had, watching movies that we chose that were around the theme of joy and, and community. Uh, Bob Vernon, who's um, uh, in, lives in the, is excellent at that, and Bob led us in just some really reflective movies that helped us to to chat, drink a cup of tea afterwards, talk with one another, and really feel connected. Um, Mary Lillis led us in a, a spring dance, circle dance, and then we began a talk series with Donald Dore, which has proved really popular since February up until maybe six sessions, where Donald did some online conversations on themes like faith and love and hope. Um, the spirit, the cosmic Christ, different themes. And really the gift that Donald offered was the conversation as much as the as the input. The input was always a great standard, but it was really he left loads of room for conversation and was so affirming of people who share, who'd come in and say, well, I'm not sure if, I'm not a theologian, but I was thinking. And he'd come back and completely affirm people in what they were thinking. And and really, and not in a, in a, a, a general way, he'd mean it, like he'd be very clear on why in that and... I thought, just thought that was really good and healing as well. During Lent, we did a lot of different things on, um, including a Lent talk series that was very popular. That was um, uh, Jesse Rogers, Michael Conway and uh, Jim Rodemarku. We did that online. And it's one of the gifts of online. We were able to have people who we wouldn't be able to bring down to West Clare. We were able to invite them. Yeah, and that made a huge difference, I thought. Um, and then I, I suppose one of the things that, that the learnings for me was at Lent, we had something on most evenings. It was different. There was music or there was uh, um, reflection or lexio, different talks. And I found that actually it was quite a lot, quite busy. And so for we decided for June, May and June that we would just go gentle. And we've had a couple of gentle events. We've had a lovely, we had a lovely weekend retreat with Carl Barry last month. And this month we'll have one with Jane and Sally on an ashram experience, a real experience of meditation, stillness, uh, a Christian ashram idea, um, and there's a, and it's spoken away nicely for that. But the idea really is to give people gentle opportunities. You know, we're going to finish the end of June with a garden party to a Tuesday and Thursday afternoon, just have a garden party and invite people to have a bit of music and tunes. Again, just to let people gather, be around each other, laugh out loud. And then as the sisters come in July, actually the first week they're there, they do a really lovely thing. Now, this is organised by Marion, one of the sisters, but I, I can only claim I'll help out, but I won't be organising it. But they invite, they have an open house in um, for Willie Clancy Week. So the house is four up from the Armada, about you know, a mile or so over the road from Milltown. And they open the house from 10, no, from 1.30 in the morning until 10 at night. And they, anybody's welcome to come. There's tea, coffee, all kinds of things available. And then there's um, at two o'clock and at five o'clock and at ten at night, Deirdre Mikaneda will lead a prayer session from Tuesday to Friday. So people will come along, have a cup of tea. I, I find that I, I called them previous years and talked to people about it and they said 
somebody might be in town and just go, I'm actually, it's too much noise, too much music, too much, you know, happening. I've met too many people. I need a small bit of space. There's a nice place to go. Or an elderly relative, maybe who's come in for a bit and says, look, an hour is enough. I need to, I'm not ready to go home yet. But, or you might have somebody who's heard the FCJ Sisters of a Place and they're curious. Uh, or again, you might have somebody who's had a bereavement and who just says, you know what, I'd like a place where it's safe to sit for a while and be among people who'd be kind to me. Um, not that, of course, everybody would be kind, of course, if they knew. But we found a great mix of people who just step out for a little bit and are going back into Milltown, who love Willie Lancy Week because it's, it's, it's incredible and it's a big anniversary this year. But we'll have that as a space apart on the edge of the town. We're really looking forward to that. So that's a lot of stuff, John, to answer your question. Sorry. You're going to try and follow something like that now later on when you start back again, maybe September or whenever it is, is it? Well, I suppose I have a set. First of all, the circumstances have changed completely. Um, so it'll be obviously a building on what we're doing. Um, and there's a few ideas that we have that we're following. But one of the nice things that's going to happen is that this year we could only have day events. And we're going to do some work in the house, hopefully, God, in October, so that for 20, from 2023 on, probably December even 2022, we'll be able to have residential events. So we'll have 10 to 12 beds, single beds, single rooms available for people. And that will allow us then to offer weekend retreats because that's really at the heart of what we're doing is the Ignatian idea of offering directed um, quiet retreats for people. Um, So there will be a mix. My hope is that in every month there would be an opportunity for a quiet retreat. And then there might be a Saturday that might have a theme. So somebody might say, I'd like to come away for a day. I don't think I'd be able for two days of quiet, but I'd love to come to a theme. Someone else might say, I don't think I'd be able for being talked to. I'd much rather come to quiet and to be supported and to see where I'm at. And then we might have some people who just say, actually, we'd really like to rent the house. We'd really like to come up and bring our own group to the house. So that's all going to be possible in 2023. So what I'm thinking in terms of, and I'll be bringing this, of course, to my advisory committee and, and different groups to check and and balance what we're doing to make sure it's it's in line with the handbook that, that the sisters gave me when I started. What we're really thinking is that we would have this focus um, of the retreats, residential retreats, so that we would maintain and build on that strong connection with the locals. Uh, one of the other things that we've been doing this past year has been exploring audacity and creation spiral, different different things around how we can help people to connect. So creation spiral is creating on the landscape, on the physical landscape, a nice place to walk, like a labyrinth. And we're actually hoping in September to offer workshops so that people can get involved in helping to create that. And so that people who are out for a walk could come into the space and walk and have a reflection on God who created the world in all these different points along the way. And that we could actually um, have that in place for people. So there's family that's local residential all the time. Please, God, that's the plan anyway. <laughs> I'm just wondering there, where, where do you get all of your energy from? Well, I live in a very nice part of the world, so I guess God gives me any energy. I think I have, I suppose what I say, John, is I talk a lot, and to turn that into action is another thing. What I found, as uh, particularly in any of this work, is you can't do this alone. You can have a lot of opinions, but it's actually as you gather people and you begin to try different things. Um, you know, tomorrow night we'll have our monthly singing circle. I do that with Anne and myself. I think when I'm doing crafting or creative stuff, Linda comes in would be I have a very good eye for the spiritual and, and for art so a very good way of how to help people to engage with things that are creative but you know so each different thing I do I have somebody I work with and, and there's a team and I think that's quite important um, 
and has been a big learning for me because sometimes I would tend to be a bit of a lone ranger. But I think, again, that thing of if, you, if you're watching creation, you see there's nothing that's actually independent and separate. There's nothing of quality that, that lasts separately. It's all connected. So you need to build those networks. And that, that gives you connection, you know. Well, Noreen, for someone who was really benefit from from what you offered whether that was the meditation and choose and thursday mornings or some of the talks thanks a lot for putting them on and thanks a lot for allowing us all to join in because sometimes we're strange we mightn't be too sure as to whether we should open our mouths or not but you would very gently encourage us you know to pass it so thanks a lot for that noreen and um, shane if i were you if you get a chance to get up there that's that I, I I tried. Noreen Noreen will say I was on to her a couple of times during the year, and just yeah. it's it's not always the easiest thing to do, Noreen. But I suppose that's an important point. I suppose Noreen, just I suppose moving it slightly to the bit more general from 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 yeah. from, from the centre is just I suppose one of the challenges we thought we learned it during COVID, but the world has come back with a bang in terms of busyness at the moment and everything that's going on and people are under an awful lot of pressure. Uh, everyone's very conscious, of course, about the cost of things and so on and so forth. And yeah. even trying to get out of the country can prove challenging. But I suppose, I suppose one thing we have to remind ourselves um, is that we do need to take uh, self-care and downtime. Well, of course, one of the things is like we wouldn't use a, a machine or something if we, like without, without oiling and taking care of it. We wouldn't allow a field to grow crops every single year without allowing it to lie fallow. Or as we do wrongly, we, we stick a load of fertilizer on it and try and make it do more. Actually, the, the skill or the gift is is to say, what is the balance that will help us to be healthy? You know, um, and I think we have lived in a world for a long time that has said, uh, the busier you are, the more successful you are. Uh, and in a lot of ways, it's not that people want to be busy. It's not that they intend to be busy. A lot of it is from love. If you're driving your four children to all their different sporting events, that's not done out of a desire to be busy. It's out of wanting the best for your children. But you can find that what happens is you go full tilt when you're physically at home. And the only place you allow yourself space to rest is when you get on a plane or when you when you leave on a holiday and you're gone. And you say, now I flop. And then I come back and I go full tilt again. And while that seems fine for a while, it's not actually healthy. And one of the things we learned in lockdown was if we couldn't go on holidays, how did we have balance? You know, was balance watching TV and having more information coming on top of us or was balance going for a walk every morning? And it's I suppose the thing that has happened is we find ourselves pulled back into something and we're not really choosing. And I think this probably the point that that's the most challenging in life is not whether we're busy or quiet. It's whether we chose the life we have. And I think that's where something like spiritual direction or having a quiet time is really important. It gives you a space to say, am I choosing my life or is it? am I just reacting and letting it happen to me? Uh, and all across our families and our communities, we see where at crucial moments, people didn't feel they had the time or the income or the, the space to make decisions that were what they really wanted to make. They just said, but we have to do this. And, and life kind of keeps going. So one of the beauties of having... For example, if you're in religious life, you're asked every year to go on retreat. So for one week, you have a week that's out. Now, some years you mightn't use it to the best advantage, but most years what happens is after two or three days, you start to notice how you are. 
And because you're meeting with the spiritual director every day who's saying, how are you getting on? Where are you going with this? You get a bit of a challenge which helps you to focus for the year ahead. And in the same way, people will say that go on their walk every evening and say, I go on my walk with my friends, I meet them at the bottom of the hill and we go for an hour and we talk the whole world out. And by the time we come home, I'm OK. You know how important that is, that we take the time and we have a little bit of space in whatever way we manage it. Um, so, so for some of us, it's that time of prayer. Some of us, it's that time of stillness, that contemplation. For some of us, it's spiritual direction, sitting with somebody who challenges us and asks us to notice how we're growing and developing. Um, for some people, it's going to the gym, you know, for, that it's good for the head. But it's really about saying, am I choosing my life or is my life happening to me? And I would consider it particularly important if you have any duty of care, whether as a family person or if you're in leadership. Like, how are you saying to yourself, I'm, cho- I'm choosing my life? I'm The values that I started off with, the things that inspired me, I'm noticing how they're developing and how what I need for nourishment to help me to grow. Because all of those things help us. One of the, the interesting things that happened to me a few years back was, as a single person, and I don't have children, um, I had a great life a lot of the time. And I started having a lot of plants and I noticed the plants were dying on me and I'd be saying, I'm I'm just not good at plants. And someone said, no, you just don't take care of them. Water them and they'll be fine. And for me, the the actual conscious decision with a plant, not a a child, not a, not a, a puppy, but with a plant to say, I consciously decide to check the plant for water every day was an actual revelation. And so my plants are, some of them are great now, some of them aren't great. I left, I left a few of them uh, when I was going in and out to Spanish Point for my Clare Castle home. Some of them have left. Um, but the learning that uh, of choosing to take care of something rather than saying, I'm just not good at that, has been, that's a spiritual journey. Uh, I remember at a retreat many, many years ago, somebody asking a priest, who was Father Brian, who was leading the retreat, for a list of sins. They said, is there a list? Do we just go to the catechism and get a list of sins? And he said, no, I don't have a list of sins for you, he said. But if you know that if you don't get enough sleep, you're cranky and you're mean to people tomorrow and you still don't get enough sleep, I'd suggest there might be something sinful in that. And I thought it was a lovely definition because it, it took it out of a particular act and into a making yourself well enough to be good in the world for those around you. And so part of what I'd say about that general thing of taking care of yourself a lot of the time, the very people who are the busiest feel that it is a luxury or we're being selfish to take care of ourselves. It's actually part of our faith journey to take care of ourselves so that we're healthy and available, so that we choose our life and so that we can notice God at work in our life. Does that make sense as, as an idea? It does. It makes perfect sense. And I have to say, we give a lot of people um, food for thought in terms of looking at things. And it's... it's um, it's a, it's a, it's an interesting way of putting it of asking asking that question, as you said, very much of course for those as you said that have a duty of care, particularly where you're looking after others in a family situation. It's not always the easiest to get space or to get time out, uh, or to be able to carve that space out. Um, so it's 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 a good reminder as we as families kind of face into um, the challenge of the summer. You know, um, I, for me, I suppose one of the things I, I would, I've always observed more than anything else is, you know, some people get, oh, well, the kids are doing this this week and this this week and this this week. And you're kind of going, just let them be kids. You know, they, it doesn't have to be structured. Let them off and let them loose. 
but not of course that very much very much depends on on family circumstances exactly. and, yeah. and, and things like that but um Saying that, Shane, is, is just to uh, to say to parents, like often even when you go on holidays with kids, you're not really on holidays. You're trying to be, but you're still minding and managing. Um, I remember my own mother, when my brother, who's who's well grown up and, and a father himself now, uh, when they'd go on holidays he, with the baby, I remember he was the youngest, so I remember it. She used to say, I'm on holiday. So the one, it's the only time of the year she allowed herself to buy nappies because any other time, like she'd just be doing the right thing. But on holidays, she had to have some bit that was so she wouldn't use a washing machine and she'd buy nappies for the week just so that she didn't have to wash clothes. That was her holidays. So for a lot of parents, that's the reality of holidays. You're not, you know, you're driving and pulling and dragging and keeping everyone entertained and trying to get a rest in between it. But if you can say to yourself, when I'm going for my walk, there's a couple of lovely podcasts like Pray As You Go. Every every second day, even every so often, I'm going to take something that nourishes me. That gives me a bit of, of, of nourishment, not just information, or I'm going to, you know, do whatever little bit that reminds me. It might be to hang a holy water font in the front of the house and I'm going out put holy water on all the children and myself and say, Lord, you take care of them so that I don't spend the whole day worrying about them. It can be that that those simple things that we just do to support and structure ourselves. I'm thinking of Martina Lehan Sheehan's lovely book, The Trellis for the Soul. We don't need to do loads of things. We don't need to be going off and getting degrees and doctorates and things. But if we can do small things that are like a little trellis to support us in our mental and our physical, our spiritual health, it's great. So again, yeah, if you can get to the sea for a walk in the evening, that's gorgeous. But if you can't, have you a flower that you can notice how it's grown? Have you birds that you can watch? Um, any of those things are going to help you to say, Lord, we are wonderful and mar- wondrously and marvellously made. And you have a hand in all things and you who take care of the birds that, that fly that seem to have, you don't know how they're managing I see out by the Atlantic, we have the tiniest wagtails, these little teeny tiny birds that look like they'll tip over at any point. And they're running around in the Atlantic wind and you're saying they surely must be hopped off things and they're not. So somehow they have evolved and created in a way that they can live really well in this mad blustery place. And in the same way, God can carry us and take care of us in the mad blustery world post-COVID. But we have to mind each other and we have to mind our own head and our own selves. And we're entitled to do that. You know, not in some kind of a rights way, not in some kind of a my right to. That's all important, but that's not really it. It's actually I want to be of sir. I want to be healthy so I can be of service. So the last thing I'll tell you is the story. Mother Teresa talked, or a sister came who's working in Calcutta. Mother Teresa said to her one evening when she was coming home from serving in the streets, and she was kind of exasperated, and she said, "If I was able to stay out for another hour, sister, I could. Mother, I could do so much." Because they had to come home, they had to have tea, they had an hour before the Blessed Sacrament and they had Eucharist together. And uh, Mother Teresa said, but that's why you're coming home. Because that time is going to give you the energy to continue to do what you do on the streets. But without that time of contemplation, your action will get harsh. And without that time of action, your contemplation will get lazy. Now, that I, I'm paraphrasing that entirely. I'm not putting words in Mother Teresa's mouth. But that her thing was, you come home. And sit with Jesus so that every time you go out, every person, every feet you wash is Jesus' feet. And I think in the same way as a mother or a father, as a, you know, a school teacher, as a person who's preparing resource materials or do, preparing media like you're doing, whenever we're stepping out and being in leadership and offering things to people, we nourish ourselves so that what we share with the world is coming from that place of, of healing and of, of wholeness. 
Noreen, thank you so much for that. Um, so we're coming to the end of this part of the podcast. I think you had a suggestion for us on music, did you? Ah, oh, yes. Um, there's a nice piece of music there. That I, I brought a few different pieces, but uh, what strikes me now that might fit in here is the many are a New York Christian band and they play a piece of music called All Belong Here. And really it's about if you come and, you know, you might feel you're not worthy, you might feel you don't fit in. But actually, when you're talking about the love of God, all belong here. Enjoy. Perfect. Thanks a million, Noreen. We'll talk to you soon. You're not sure who you really are When all you feel is the shape of your scars And you have more wounds than you can count Open your eyes, look all around You aren't alone, this is your home Open your eyes, look all around You aren't alone, this is you
So welcome back again to the third part of Common Sea Inspirations. My name is John Keeley, uh, still joined by Noreen Lynch and Shane Ambrose. Thanks a lot, Noreen, for, for sharing, as I said to you in the break, not so much the information, but also the nourishment. Thanks a lot for, for sharing with us today. Okay, at this part of the programme, though, is the most important part where we read and reflect on the Sunday Gospel, the Word of God. And before that, Shane always prays this prayer before reading and reflecting on Scripture. Thanks, Shane. Lord, we thank you for putting us in the presence of your word, which you inspired in your prophets. May we approach this word reverently, attentively, and humbly. May we not despise this word, but receive all it has to say to us. We know that our hearts are closed, often incapable of comprehending the simplicity of your word. Send your spirit to us so that receiving the word in truth and simplicity, our lives may be transformed by it. Let us not be resistant, Lord. May your word penetrate us like a two-edged sword. May our hearts be open to it. And let our eyes be closed and our minds wander, but may we give ourselves entirely to this listening. We ask this, Father, in union with Mary, who used to recite the Psalms through Jesus Christ, our Lord. Amen. Amen. Thanks for that, Shane. So for the Gospel for today, the Feast of the Holy Trinity is taken from the Gospel of John, chapter 16, verse 12 to 15, and we'll invite Noreen to read that for us this morning. Thanks, Noreen. Jesus said to his disciples, I still have many things to say to you, but they would be too much for you now. But when the Spirit of Truth comes, he will lead you to the complete truth, since he will not be speaking as from himself, but will say only what he has learnt, and he will tell you of the things to come. He will glorify me, since all he tells you will be taken from what is mine. Everything the Father has is mine. That is why I said, all he tells you will be taken from what is mine. The Gospel of the Lord. Thank you, Lord Jesus Christ. Shane, uh, or Noreen, thanks a lot for that. Shane, have you got a thought? I always have a degree of sympathy for the members of the, the, members of the clergy that we get up on, on Trinity Sunday and to try and give a homily. Um... Uh, we celebrate, you know, the, today's celebration is very much on 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 the feast of a feast of the Holy Trinity, and, and you know, from a strict perspective, I suppose you could say it's a very important doctrine of the faith, understanding our understanding, trying to set out what is the Christian answer to the question, "Who is God?" For me, I kind of looked at it a bit more simply, and it's very much about our relationship of love. And it's an invitation for us into that community of love. Father, Son, Holy Spirit. Um, I, I, I always think of that, that, that letter from, from Pope Benedict when he talked about Deus Caritas, Deus God is love. And it is that whole relationship and the invitation that, extend, that is extended to us, which for me is the thing that we, we need to focus on and to reflect on when we think about the mystery of the Trinity. Um, and But the gospel today from John, is it's an interesting one because Jesus is very much describing that encounter with that community of love and what people, what followers would experience. And he talks about that, um, that spirit of truth which will become to us. Um, and, you know, that, that idea that 
we are encouraged to find the space to listen to that soft voice in the heart. And as Noreen said in part two, that's not an easy conversation to have. Um, but for us, the challenge is being able to make the space to, 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 to listen to that soft little voice. And, you know, the fact that everything the father has is mine and all he tells you will be taken. So, you know, one of the things we do each week on the program, John, is that we, we reflect on, on um, in terms of our lecture, we listen and we, we pray over the words of scripture. And one of the things we say to people, we remind our listeners, is that Scripture isn't something that was written 2,000 years ago and stops then. It's not an original, an originalist idea, as is currently in vogue in certain parts of the world. But rather, it is the Word of God which speaks to us in our own time, in our own place, in our own circumstances. And it is that conversation with the community of love, which is, I suppose, what we're celebrating today in terms of the mystery of the Trinity. It's that awareness of in stepping into that conversation and in being embraced by it, being embraced by that expression of love, by that encounter with divine love. But also, I suppose, allowing ourselves to be to make that encounter particularly i think from an irish point of view we're not so great at minding ourselves it's you know it's um maybe it's a cultural thing i'm not sure maybe it's a hangover from colonial times i'm not sure um but there's kind of a thing where we're not we're great at self-deprecation we're great at putting ourselves down. And sometimes we have to remind ourselves that that's not good for us either. And that the encounter with the divine, that invitation into us is something that we, we need to allow ourselves to do. The communion antiphon for Sundays, uh, God for Sunday is, since you are children of God, God has sent into your hearts the spirit of his son, the spirit who cries out, Abba, Father. And it is that, um, that inclination of crying out to a parent, not necessarily a father, I suppose, but a parent, which um, that loving embrace that we're asked to allow ourselves to and to be able to give our selves that space this Sunday so that we can still, we can hear that what Jesus has said, that I still have many things to say to you and the spirit of truth will lead you to the complete truth. Shane, thanks a lot for that. Noreen, you got a thought there you want to share with us, please? Well, like Shane, I, I have sympathy for all who are asked to, to preach on the Sunday because I think um, we use the word mystery like it's a maths calculus problem. When actually, if I said to you, a marriage is a mystery, you wouldn't think at all I was talking about maths. But we have Trinity reduced to something that's so um, abstract and impossible. And I like what Shane said about, you know, letting God love you. Um, I'm thinking very much uh, of that, that Edwina Gately poem again, of uh, that sense of sitting and allowing God to love you um, is we think we're, we're good at we're good at prayers 
Archbishop Martin many years ago and who's been inaugurated in Dublin said we're very good at doing church we'll build anything we find it very hard to be church to sit to pray together anyone will say a prayer out of a book but if you say offer a spontaneous prayer there, just say what's in your heart to God you can feel spiritual leaders right up to cardinals have a nervous breakdown in case they might say the wrong thing um, that's not to say I was in a lot of rooms with cardinals praying I wouldn't have that, that access but I think um for Trinity, uh, more and more as I as I get older, I think in terms of Rublev's icon, icon which is a personal favourite. So it's that image that you often have seen. Your readers might, I'm, I'm, I can't, I'm trying to think how to describe it on the radio, but it's sitting around the table, the three figures. And uh, there's a space at the front almost, but you can see three figures sitting and Rublev painted that. There's a lot of different scripture references. You could, you could spend a, a day doing a course on it. But Really, what's, what I'd like to suggest is that when you sit in front of Rublev's icon, Father, Son and Spirit, and if you sit in front of it, you complete the circle. So it becomes a circle around the table because there's a space at the front of the icon to sit. And I think the invitation, whether it's at Mass, at Eucharist, whether it's in our individual prayer lives, whether it's when we're struggling, is to let God love you, to sit at the table and say, God, I want to look at you and you look at me. And just accept that love. And even if you say, as as I remember a, a man saying to me years ago, he said, I don't know how to put words on it, but I know it matters and I want my children to have it. That we want our children to sit at the table with God and to have that love available to us and to have your children experience themselves as beloved. So for me, a lot of the language of Trinity that's about um, the mystery and who's the Father and who's the Son and who's the Spirit is exactly as Shane says, it's a relationship. And the more we learn about science and technology and that a wave and a particle are not are, are interchangeable, it's not Newton's law anymore. That was a, a false understanding. That the more we learn that actually knowing all the technical terms for father, son and spirit and who's who isn't the point. The point is love and is energy and relationship. And I've uh, just a little prayer here from a painted handbook, a painted prayer book, which is a, a website that I, I follow a bit. And it's a blessing for Trinity Sunday. And the blessing, instead of naming all about what the Spirit is, it actually names how our heart might be so that the Trinity might touch us, so that that love might enter us. And so my prayer for people is this, that like a cup, like a chalice, like a basin, like a bowl, when the Spirit comes, let the Spirit find our heart shaped like this, our heart shaped like something that knows how to receive what is given. A heart that knows how to hold what comes to fill it. A heart that knows how to gather itself around what arrives as unbidden, unsought, unmeasured love. In this new season, this Trinity Sunday, may we know the presence of God who dwells in our days. The mystery of the Christ who drenches us in love and the blessing of the Spirit who bears us into life anew. Amen. Amen. Noreen, thank you for that. And thanks, Shane, too. Just a thought that came to me this morning when I was reading through the Gospel, um, that first part of the Gospel today where Jesus says to his disciples, I still have many things to say to you, but there will be too much for you now. And when the Spirit of truth comes, he will lead you to the complete truth. This is one of the passages of the Gospels that helped me keep in touch with what God is saying to me on 
me trying to listen to what God is saying to me. Hearing the message of Jesus in the Gospels can be very challenging as I try to live out my daily life. The way Jesus asked me to live out my, my life is often so different to the values promoted in the world today. So how can I decide which way to go? What value, sh- what value should I follow? Today's Gospel gives me the answer, as far as I'm concerned anyway. The spirit of truth will lead you to the complete truth. I believe that. And for me, it's the truth of the Trinity, the Father, the Son, and the Holy Spirit. God, really. So again, I want to thank God for giving me the gift of this faith, that I always call on the Holy Spirit to lead me to the complete truth. It's, it's one of these things that I suppose for myself, I need, I, like everybody else, I suppose, we're always searching for truth, and there's that many options and available uh, ways to go these days, but... It's nice to come back, for me anyway, to, to, to listen to the Word of God and especially to listen to that, that the spirit of truth will lead me to the complete truth. Anyway, with that, we'll come to the end of our podcast. Noreen, thanks a lot for sharing so much with us today. An absolute pleasure to be here with you as always. Thanks for the invitation. And Shane, thanks a lot for returning to us from far afield. Thanks, John. Um, temporary return, but I'll, I'll be back again. In the meantime, we'll, we will go out with our final piece of music. Noreen, what would you like us to listen to? Listen present among us from Anna Robbins. Just an invitation to be, gentle invitation to be present to the spirit. So until next week from Shane, from Noreen and myself, enjoy the rest of the week and we'll talk to you again next week. God bless now. Bye. Listen present among us now listen Present within us, listen. Present among us now, listen. Present within us, listen. Present among us now, listen.
Cause it was